Hello and welcome to the Reet and Entertainment Podcast. Today I have with me, uh, as I did last time, Andrew Aroa McFain. I mean, that's, yep, that's me. And Connor Nemesis Besh. Go away, I'm eating pizza. Alright, and I, as always, am your host, Nathan Reetenspruth. And today we have in store for you, we're going to talk about the Baltimore Riots. Of course, the Baltimore Riots were caused, of course, because Silent Hills was canceled. Yeah. So, I was pretty mad too. Rightfully so. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So uh, let, let's talk a little bit first off, guys. Have either of you had basically any experience with the Silent Hills? You played through Silent Hill one or two? Oh yeah. Any any of the newer ones? Yeah. Um, I played through one and two, and I've also played PT. Uh, I played one for the PSP. It wasn't very good, and I'm not sure if it's canon, like story wise. I think it might have just had the name slapped on it. It was it was okay. It wasn't great, but it was okay. I think it was uh, you're, uh, you're talking about Origins, right? Maybe um, the the one where you you're pl- a truck driver. <laughs> no, you were playing like a high school goth kid or something like that. It was really silly. Oh, I have no idea what one you're even talking about. Then it might have even been for the Vita. I don't know. Oh yeah, you were talking about the Vita one. That one was not. No one gives a shit about that one. That one was the yeah, me it's, like, it's like Diablo or some shit. Like it's an isometric yeah, top yeah, yeah. down shooter thingy. Yeah. I played that for like four days and I was like, Oh man, I'm glad I didn't pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> and and didn't they have they had one for the Wii? Yeah, that one was actually yeah. uh, Shattered Memories or something. That one was actually kind of Oh okay. yeah, yeah. Shattered Memories it was it was a remake of the original. More of a oh. reimagining. Yeah, and reimagining. They like everybody liked uh, the main chunk of the gameplay, but the chase sequences, like, there's no combat. It's all just chase sequences, and those got tedious, but otherwise it was okay. See, I've played one and two, and that's it. Like, I didn't play any of the other ones, and I never even beat one or two, because when I was in, like, seventh grade and playing them, I peed myself. Just a little. I liked uh, what I played of one but by the time I got around to playing it, it was just too antiquated for me to be able to suffer through it. Um, two is one of my favorite games ever. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, four, I think, did some interesting things, but it wasn't as good as two. I didn't. I didn't finish four completely because I just got frustrated. But. Um, yeah, and then I didn't play any of the ones that were on the newer consoles or anything. And I played Origins that was on the PSP, some of it, but that was that was weird. That one you could like take a take a coat rack or something and just put it in your pocket and carry it around and then take oh, yeah. it out to beat people with. Ah, just like real life. Space. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, it was it was a lot more combat focused, kind of like uh how I hear Homecoming was, and it suffered for it. You want to destroy a horror game? You turn it combat-focused. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if Resident Evil just gave you infinite ammo, like, as a reward for beating it or something like that? Do you imagine well, how silly even, that would be? Not even that. Just imagine if they turned it into a third-person over-the-shoulder shooter. <laughs> I know. That'd be ridiculous. Uh, It'd be like be destroying something I love dearly. Yeah. For the record, Resident Evil 5 is one of the most fun co-op experiences I've ever had. Yeah, but but it wasn't my... Resident Evil. It wasn't real wrestling. Exactly, it's not real. I'm with you on that. It was a uh, it was a huge middle finger to the franchise and lovers of the franchise. But I still Especially love the game. Yeah, uh, I, I just, 
like I, I'm like the only person who hates four. I think like ever. I've never played it, so I can't say. Isn't that the one? From what I understand, you're trapped in a room. No. No. Oh. You're talking okay. about Resident Evil, right? Yeah. No, no. Nathan was thinking of Silent Hill. I was. I was yeah. thinking of Silent Hill. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That topic we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trying to trying to segue back to to Silent Hill here. Um. So you played through PT. I'm presuming both of you did. Oh yes. Yeah. I I spent uh, several hours trying to figure out the final puzzle on my own, and then gave up. But uh, yeah. You mean the Kay. one where you got to talk into the phone? Uh, oh my god. Yeah. <clears throat> Hold on, I'm choking. <clears throat> Here then. Please don't die on my <clears throat> podcast. Because <throat> we will keep recording. I'm sure you will. All that water. <clears throat> Just like when Owen Hart fell to his death and they're like, well, we gotta continue on the show. <clears throat> okay. Sorry about that. <clears throat> Not the best move. Kids, anyway. at home, make sure you uh, don't try to inhale and eat food at the same time. Especially when you only have one lung. <laughs> Especially. So, both of you like PT. Mm-hmm. Presuming yeah. you were very excited for Silent Hills. Actually, no. No. Um, well, go ahead. I would definitely go play it, but I wouldn't spend money on it. What about you, Aroa? Um, the fact that they were using the star power of, uh, Walking Dead Man was off-putting, but I was hopeful. Um, be, mainly because I love Hideo Kojima like an idiot. Um, so I had a lot of faith in it. And I think Guillermo del Toro has a lot of potential, and working with somebody like Hideo Kojima could possibly create some of the most fantastic anything that I had ever experienced. So, but, see, I was kind of excited for Silent Hills because it seemed like a game that I could actually get into that was a horror-based game because I'm not really into the... I'm not into the whole Silent Hill or or the original Resident Evil style where you kind of have to figure out those type of puzzles, but I think the first person's perspective and stuff uh, kind of more like uh, what's that game? Amnesia. Amnesia would kind of fit the bill a lot better. And go but figure. The... I hated Amnesia, but I loved the original ones. But I really liked playing PT. Yeah, I I think that Silent Hills would have ended up not being a first person game though, because they were doing the Norman Reedus was that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Walking uh, Dead dude. Yeah. Yeah. They they were using him. As a big draw, which to me indicates that they're probably they were they were just doing the first person thing, so that it was more of a shock whenever you saw Norman Reedus, and the game would have ended up being third person like every other Silent Hill, and I I, I think it would have benefited greatly from the first person perspective if they would have stuck with that that would have been great but I wouldn't have seen it happening because it would have been a waste of the whole you know paying Norman Reedus to act out everything. And they probably had to pay him a lot of money, too. Exactly. Like, And I can understand why they only... Because I believe they only had him for a year. Like a year contract. Oh. Or something like that. I had this conversation with somebody else. And it's, it is very relevant to what we're talking about right now. 
Could you imagine if this game took the uh, the GTA 5 approach and it's like you could switch between first and third person on the fly? And I know GTA 5 wasn't the first game to do it, but it was the first game to do it the way that it did to that kind of caliber. Um, it would have ruined the experience. Yeah. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I, it, I don't think I ever play first person in GTA 5. It's more of a utility, like, ah, look at me, I'm driving around casual, like... See, there's a difference for me between... I think that a game can be scarier in first person. Because you have a more limited view of the world. So it's easier for things to creep up on you. You know, you turn somewhere, and something's not there, and then you turn back again, and something's there. Something like that, rather than it being third person and you're seeing everything around you at once. You can you can have really successful spooks either way, um, but I think that uh, if if they would have gone that route of switching between the two perspectives and allowing the player to decide when to do that, it would have not only made it a lot more difficult to design scares around that, but also it would have ruined a lot of situations where if it was designed in such a way where it's it's easy to see something if you're in first person and not so much in third person like like it just it makes it a lot more difficult to make scripted scenes where things are super spooky whenever you don't actually have control over what the player is looking at yeah if you have two different perspectives it'd be it'd be different it'd be difficult to implement that type I of mean, scare look at look at all the devs that complain that first person shooter players want um, changeable FOV, and they're like, well, we can't do that, because cause the cutscenes won't work. Like, if you think that they're that having that much of a problem just because you can see ten more degrees to the side, then what are they going to do if you change perspective <laughs> at any point? Yeah, that's a very good exactly. point. I never I never actually considered how much of a dramatic change... But I'm totally one of those guys where I got a big, fat, wide monitor, and I'm playing Far Cry, and things look a little too squanced. I'm like, this is dumb, stupid... But it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even even GTA forces you into one or the other perspective. Well, it forces you into third-person perspective during some cutscenes, just because it, it they don't know. They either couldn't figure out how to make it work in first person, or it was just too much trouble. Yeah, yeah it was originally designed for it. They didn't want to redesign that. Right. Probably. I mean, they already pushed it back by how many months? Mm. But, yeah, so sucks that Silent Hills got canceled. Very much so. Uh, and Kojima, obviously this whole stems from basically Kojima's done with Konami. Yeah, which is horrifying to me because yeah. it means that Zone of the Enders 3 is probably never going to get made. <laughs> yeah, I've been waiting for... Zone of the Enders game. I've been waiting for Shenmue 3 forever. You can deal with it. Fucking Shenmue... Shenmue got replaced with Grand Theft Auto, okay? There's no other fucking fly around in a in a... Not even, like, Gundam-style mech. Like, I don't know of any mech, mecha that are like the Zone of the Enders mecha. And, it, like, God, just everything about the Zone uh, of the Enders franchise is amazing. And it's probably never going to get continued now. No, Shinmu had way worse voice acting than GTA. Oh, that's an aging thing, too, too. Yeah. Uh, Shenmue was an amazing experience. Probably the most immersed I've ever been in a video game to this day. Yeah. But, okay, so that's it. Kojima's gone from Konami. No more in Zone of the Enders 3. Metal Gear Solid doesn't have his name on it anymore. Yeah, which is yet another thing that's yeah. just... Uh, I'm not happy. 
Not happy about that at all. And uh, and Silent Hills is canceled. So though I I, I will point out, um, Kojima had nothing to do with Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, and seriously, like one of the best games I've ever played, like just in general. So. I've never played it, but it was very action-based, which isn't what I contribute to Metal Gear. It isn't, and that's I was totally thrown off by it whenever I heard it was happening. And then I saw it in action, and I went, yeah, okay, I'm into this. And then I played it, and I was even more into it. Like, fantastic spectacle fighter type thing, and it still, it still was very obviously a Metal Gear game. It was just a very different Metal Gear game. Yeah, I never played it. I never will, only ever played the first Metal Gear, the one for the NES. That well, game was well, so hard. You never even played Metal because okay, just so you know, that wasn't even like that first <laughs> level wasn't even in the Japanese version. Like you, you in the beginning of the cutscene, you float down with three other people who you never see again. Yep. And then you get a guy who's like, I feel asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that game wasn't very good. I I hate to say it. A lot of people liked it. I played it. And I I was just learning to read. I'm like, I feel asleep. Wait a minute. I'm five. And that seems wrong. You went and used it in like a two paragraph paper. And you got an F, and you're publicly scolded, and you've never lived it down since. Exactly. You've got like a little I... black book you keep in your trench coat where you hide your Kalashnikovs with names written down. Very whoa, first whoa, whoa, one, whoa, whoa. Metal Gear producer. Whoa, I do not have a trench coat. <laughs> Things get way too fucking hot. Yeah, what do you think? He is some kind of big edgelord, McEdgelord? Uh, I didn't pick McEdgelord because I own one. I don't have one hanging up in the corner of my room next to a hat. I didn't wear anyway. it to school every day for three years. Yep, that's why you didn't get girlfriends. Oh, of course not. You know, Columbine was still a hot thing back then. Yeah, I totally didn't get pulled to the side in the hallway once by a German teacher who went, uh, you know, it's kind of creepy you walk around in the trench coat. You know, you could hide the gun in there. And uh, I got really mad about that. Were you like, yeah, I could. Walk away, and then just walk away. No, my my argument was, you know, girls could fit guns in their purses too. I don't see you pulling people to the side in that. I'd I'd like to think a row was a lot more edgy than that. Gets pulled over, the guy's like, "You could hide a gun," and he's like, "Oh yeah, well, jet fuel can't melt steel beams." He just (laughs) walked away as the professor was like, "Boosh." (laughs) Can't, by the way. So anyway, uh, let's move on to a new topic. We've got the Microsoft. Let's talk about how 9/11 is an inside job. Uh, so anyway, let's talk about the Microsoft keynote. Nathan, it's your website, Nathan. I see it being <laughs> taken down. I see it burning. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, Microsoft, Microsoft keynote, keynote. Was cool. I watched yeah. the first two days. I didn't watch the third day because I. I don't think I was at work that day or something. Yeah, so last time we covered the Apple 
keynote, whatever, Apple Watch, they just all over watches or something. $20,000 of bullshit. Yep. Yeah, 16 grand, like, artists are being given, art, well, I'm using artists, uh, you know, not really artists. Because are the being word given... autistic asshole is too uh, non-PC to say on a podcast. <laughs> exactly. Take that, Apple fans. So, so, so these famous people like Kim Kardashian and stuff are getting free Apple Watches. Like, the gold ones are, like, even more spruced up that are, like, 16K to wear around, while us laymen have to wait for it on pre-order. No, good thing I don't give a shit because the interface looks like ass. And you and you can only use it if you have an Apple phone as well. Well, yeah, that that helps with me not giving a shit too, but yeah. So let's so because of that, might as well it would be only fair to cover the Microsoft keynote, a company that I actually like. Yeah, they're uh, they're talking about all those virtual realities, and I saw the guy look at the table, and the Minecraft started happening, and the product's going to be nothing like that. Exactly. Uh, though, did you watch the build conference? Yeah. Like, okay, so I was, you I saw. Was requir- I was required to because of my job. Okay, I, I watched it at work because I don't do my job at work. So, I was rather impressed by the fact that the product worked even as well as it did at the keynote. Like, it it, it was what the Vita... It, it's what the Vita was, was doing already, but, like, it worked properly all the time. And it's on a helmet on your head. Yay, helmet on your head. Uh, what bothers me about the... Uh, I guess we should point out that we're talking about... The hell's it called? HoloLens? Holo, HoloLens, yeah. 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 Uh, HoloLens, um, whenever it was first revealed, uh, everyone, including myself, thought that it was going to be tethered to a computer. No, it's, it's a whole computer, fits inside of something about the same size as Google Glass, a little, little bit bulkier, uh, with goggles on the front of it. More of an know than a mint do we know. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, that seems weird. I don't know, because I'm looking forward to Oculus Rift. <clears throat> here's here's the deal with uh, Microsoft's version. They're pushing it as something that you put on, you walk around your house, and you lounge with it, and you never take it off. <clears throat> 90, 95% of the people using it are going to sit on their computer chair. They're going to keep it at their work desk. And if they do anything else with it, it's because it's utility or it's cosmetic. Look what I could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't see people walking around their house with it on, except for maybe me. Oh no, they I maybe would. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. cause I could see myself walking around and my roommates being like, "All right, so uh, he's kind of creepy." Yeah, <laughs> just walking away. <laughs> they did uh, present it. You know, considering the build is a developer conference, it is not a. It's not E three by any means, or or CES or anything. This is. This is them trying to present their products to people who will make them more money or will give them more money, uh, which is why they presented it in the way that they did. They they weren't talking about how oh, you can lounge around your house with it much more than that one presentation. Uh, most of the stuff that they were showing in like the video demos and even the press demos are how people will use it for productivity purposes. Oh my god, uh, yes. The uh, When the dude was working on it with like 3DS and he just took the mouse off of the monitor. Yeah. That was fucking awesome. 
Yeah, like that that kind of stuff is is really cool where you know, stuff like like rapid prototyping of 3D models, you don't have to do that anymore with with something like this. You just can see it where it's supposed to be and if you want to make a change, you know, it's as simple as as working with the model on your computer. You and don't can't have to you, Can't I'm just interrupt you. Can't you take like Say you're working on something, you can like throw it onto the wall or something like that. Yeah, you can. You can take. Uh, from what I've been reading, any uh, Windows 10 Universal app, which is basically Metro apps or modern apps, all of those are are going to end up being Universal apps. And anything that can be put in that format, even if it's not designed explicitly for Hololens, can just be turned into a two-dimensional plane, uh, basically a floating square in front of your face. And then you can just kind of plop it wherever you want. That um, seems so weird and like it won't work. <laughs> yeah, well, see, what I hear is a lot of, oh, yeah, you could and you should be able to, you know. What's going to happen is 3D modeling takes a whole lot of firepower in order to render, especially if you're doing it just in time. Mm-hmm. So you're either going to need to have it connected to one hell of a powerful computer Otherwise, you're going to experience stutters, and it's it's essentially buffers, which if you're trying to walk around, not walk around, sit down and view something that's taking up your entire peripheral while having something barely feed information to you in a proper way, you're going to get things like motion sickness, and <clears throat> I mean, you're already going to get eye strain wearing this thing, just caveat number one, unavoidable, but it's yeah. going to be a whole lot worse if you're looking at something that's not even supposed to be, like... Like, you know when you see those images of people and they got, like, the four eyes going on, one on top of the other, and it really makes you, like, have to take ten takes? It's going to be doing like that, but, you know, at your work desk, trying to be productive. If you don't have something that's capable of handling the request that you're doing, it's going to end up destroying your productivity, waiting around and readjusting every time you need to calibrate. That's, and another thing that they are really (laughs) avoiding talking about is um it is not the Oculus Rift at all. Right. It, it's it, is, not... it is more akin to Google Glass in the way that it renders things. It's actually not, like, although that big goggle fixture on the front of it, um, I think that's more or less just to make the hologram thing a little more effective because actually underneath of that are a pair of lenses that that's where all the holograms actually render. It's more of a square inside of your vision so that you actually can't see anything outside of that area. And I think they're probably going to take advantage of the fact that your vision is going to be so limited and slow, so low resolution to, uh, to offset some of the need for, for a lot of uh, graphical oomph. Did they, did they release how much it's going to be? Uh, no, not, not as far as I know. So people if people have been spitballing based on, like, schematics they got going, not, like, schematics, but, like, uh, design expectations that I got going on right now, but at this point in the game, it's so redundant to try to put a price on something, because it's going to go through 20 changes before it hits market. Oh, yeah. Um, um, the, the guy that's leading <clears throat> the project has said multiple times that he wants to make sure that it's going to be affordable, and if they're talking about to say, developers or maybe, you know, the more, like, upper-middle-class people, <laughs> you're probably looking at, like, $500-ish, $500-$800. And, you yeah, know, something and... like that? I'd, maybe not for the first time around, but second edition or, you know, the 2S edition, I, I might pick it up, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would probably, 
I'm gonna get I'm gonna get an Oculus Rift when oh, that yeah. comes out. Uh, I'll probably pick up a Hololens. I won't do a Google Glass. Google Glass is just it's it's like twelve hundred dollars. They 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 canned it. Yeah, I was about to say. Oh, has that they? been considered a failure already? Yeah. Oh, did they completely they, can it? They said that they are taking it back uh, into R and D for complete retooling because it's just not doing what they wanted it to do. Yeah, I, I mean, but I wouldn't for that price. I wouldn't pick up Google Glass. Well, it it wasn't meant for like at the twelve hundred dollars thing. That was because they were literally paying for the manufacturing cost of every individual unit. Right. And mass production really reduces manufacturing costs. All that was for was for their pilot program uh, <laughs> so that you could essentially beta test it for them and so that they could try to develop the software. And the reason it was taken back into R&D is because it, it literally – well, it really doesn't do anything more than, than Android Wear does. Except right. it's in a stupid thing on your head that everyone thinks you're recording them all the time with it. Which you are. I would be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I do with my phone. I just keep it on record all the time. Um, that way, when the police come and they're like, where were you at this time? I'm like, I was murdering. I mean, I was buying stuff at 7-Eleven. Then they watch the video and you're just silently sobbing in the corner. All the lights <laughs> yep. off. Yep, all by myself. Uh, cause I can't get to 500 followers. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, going on. So, HoloLens looks cool. Gonna be released probably in 2020. That's yeah, coming this year. Is it? That's uh, what they're saying. Uh, until the inevitable, inevitable Microsoft pushback. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 As of right now, consumer version, they're saying it will be on store shelves holiday this year. Alright, well, I'll have to save up, I guess. Yeah, uh, uh, I'll wait until until Hololens two, because that's when the Surface Pro actually became like somewhat worth it. Yeah, yeah especially with the RT version. Let's, well, let's take a small caveat here, real quick. Has anybody seen the newest uh, plans they have for Surface? The uh, I know they the have stuff. the big monitor thingy. Yeah, it. Look, I kind of want one. Yeah, if they had something like that in my workplace, I'd be like, "Can I can I put my cubicle in there?" <laughs> <laughs> Promise I won't touch it too often. <laughs> right. Like, right. Here's, here's the dealio. My work's kind of awesome. I don't get direct access to things like you know Oculus Rift or supercomputers, but you know I'm I'm one handshake away, and I go, "Hey, uh, hey Brian, I need to use your Oculus Rift today." Just uh, just testing out some lab builds, and he's like, "All right, sure, here you go. Won't think anything about this twice." And then I play Elite Dangerous for eight of eight hours on my shift, and then I yep. come back to him and I was like, "Great, it worked." Yep. I want to play that on the Oculus Rift. It's awesome. And then Star Citizen on the Oculus Rift will be fun too. You know what you want to do is you want to play Elite Dangerous and Oculus Rift using my joystick. I. I've I've heard people have like intense setups for Elite Dangerous. Specifically. He has a so Aroa has the what game Steel Battalion. Yeah, he has the Steel Battalion controller for the Xbox, and the I, original Xbox. And I use that to play. So I have I have two pedals down at the bottom, and I have a left right joystick and an all direction joystick, and then twenty three buttons for all the different actions in the game. So it's uh 
And he used a label maker to make labels for <laughs> all of the... Yeah, so you can actually like look down if you forget what one of the buttons are and, and do that shit. It's it's pretty fucking cool looking. And they light up when you push them because that controller is the best controller ever made. Sounds like a good use of a label maker. The only thing I use mine for is just call my coworker a fag. <laughs> <laughs> that would be... Uh, I'd probably do that too. Uh, now going on, we're talking about HoloLens. Yeah. Any, <laughs> I, last, I thought we still were. Thought for the last fifteen minutes. What else happened at the keynote? Uh got like I said earlier, a lot of developer bullshit that let's let's face it, nobody other than maybe Connor, I guess, would care about hey, that. I, I care. I don't develop shit, but I care. This is stuff I, I, I it, it's stuff you write down a note and say, Oh, that might be cool for somebody looking to use a lab. It's nothing that the general public would be raving over. Exactly. Right. It's the like, kind of stuff I, where if you know you want it, you'll you'll end up having it. Exactly. Yeah, I, I thought it was really impressive, uh, a lot of the like data uh, management stuff that they were talking about. And actually, at my workplace, uh, one of the devs that we work with uses Azure uh, for, their, uh, for hosting their SQL databases. And uh, they don't use any of the features Microsoft keeps talking about, and uh, I keep telling my boss that they should, and they don't. But um, this, a lot of that stuff is like really, really fucking cool. And they talked about having cow pedometers, which was one of the most what? more. Yeah, what? <laughs> um, I didn't. I, I didn't watch the keynote. So. All right. Well, probably the most interesting thing that they talked about on day two was the use of uh, the Azure uh, machine learning uh, platform to track uh, cows movement uh during you know the really long lengths of time and they ended up finding that female cows uh broadcast whenever they were in heat uh by walking around a shit ton more than normal and then they ended up using machine learning to somehow figure out that if they artificially inseminate the cows during this point in time, then they'll make boy babies. And if they do it during this point in time, they make girl babies and like ton of crazy ass shit all because they put a 3G enabled pedometer on a cow and then hooked it up to Azure and then told it to tell them what was most relevant about this data. That so. is, that's, Here's the thing. Impressive. As somebody who's really invested into artificial intelligence, like that's that's my major. That's my bread and butter right there. I think this is the coolest shit. But nobody else. Uh, that's not true. It, it has a lot of purposes, and people just aren't using them. Um, the, we use a the, lot of databases at my work, and we use Oracle because Oracle's awesome. It's great. I don't think we will ever make the change. I think we are too invested. And of course it could happen, but why would we? Yeah, the, the cost yeah. of the cost of migrating all that data alone would be extreme. Yeah. And that's and that's a problem with a lot of these new technologies that are coming out like like the Azure databases and everything. Yeah, it's great, but people are already on Oracle. It's like when you have um my friend has iPhones. Why? And, well, why is and why are you his friend? Well, I've been 
he's he works at Intel, so I get good oh, deals. Oh, that guy! I like yeah. that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great guy. Uh, so, but Fuck anyway, that guy. he works so, at Intel. Oh, I like that guy. <laughs> but anyway, he so he has iPhones, and he's like, you know, I like Android. I like what they're doing with it, but all my apps are on iPhones. Like, all my apps, all my contacts, everything on iPhones. If I switch to Android now, I'd have to rebuy all those apps. I might as well stick with iPhone. Now, as somebody who has gone over, uh, I've gone from Android to iPhone and then back to Android again, um, most of that really isn't a big deal, except for, like, if you have paid apps, like like they said. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's really annoying that... Yeah, there's not there's nothing you can do about it because all the licensing is done by either Google or Apple, and they're obviously not going to just let you transfer your license over. Exactly. So, but um, it's it's good that you started talking about that, be, and I don't know if you did this consciously or not, but uh, one of the other really big things, and this is kind of a divisive topic, actually is that they talked about how developers are going to be able to port Android and iOS apps to Windows 10 uh, universal apps with relative ease. Uh, almost all of your already existing Java and C++ and Objective-C code will be able to compile in Visual Studio, and you have to make a few changes here and there, particularly, of course, if you use Google Maps or Apple Maps API uh stuff like that, you're going to have to change them over to Microsoft APIs. But they said that most of the time it doesn't take more than a day to completely change all of your, all of what needs to be changed to make it work on Windows platforms. Which is awesome because, so, so basically what you're saying for the layman's is they'll be able to take an app, let's say Flappy Bird. They, they have it designed for Fucking iOS. Flappy Bird probably wouldn't experience too many of the same issues. I, I know, just but just need to change the database that handles like the high score and stuff. Con- Connor, Connor. <laughs> dude, I'm just. You know what I'm saying. You know I what do, I'm trying to say. If everyone else is like, oh yeah, that's that easy to switch anything, you're misleading them. Oh, I, I know. I'm just saying for for people who don't program or anything, it'd be easier for them instead of having to go back and write all the code again. They're going to be able to basically port it over, change some code, you know, change a few things about it, and then get it over without having to rewrite everything and redo the entire game. They essentially have have written mono for Windows Universal apps. Right. Uh, Which I think is awesome. It it is awesome. I think it's cool because there's... I think it's really cool because they're like, hey, .NET's this framework we have. Let's uh, incorporate other things, too. Let's not tell our users they can only do one thing successfully. Yeah. <laughs> not, not that it's ever been the case, but, I There's... mean, Microsoft kind of pushes .NET heavily. Well, they do. They and, do. And, and another, I, I want to stay on this, but I will say that they, it's pretty cool that they, they're making .NET able to run on uh, Linux and OS X. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty that's fucking really huge. Awesome. Um, but that's... there is a lot of divisive thought on what this actually means for the Windows platform. On the one side, you can see that, well, it's kind of nice that maybe Windows Phone particularly, which needs this, will be able to get more 
Android and iOS apps on that platform without a whole lot of effort from devs. But the problem here is, is twofold. One is, well, actually, I guess you could say three. But one is, why would devs want to even waste that amount of time whenever nobody fucking uses Windows Phone anyway? Because um, you don't get to a new market. Right. Yeah. That, market. that is, that's Microsoft's, uh, that, that's Microsoft's argument. Their Hail Mary. Is that, <laughs> hey, if you make it a universal app, not only does it run on Windows Phone, which nobody fucking has, but it also runs on PC, which everybody fucking has Windows PCs. Exactly. Like and, that's that's my thought is that it's it's a good marketing tactic because it'll it'll increase the Windows Phone uh, app library and it will also get them to run on Windows PCs. So you can say, oh man, I love this app. I wish I could play it full screen on a mo- oh wait a minute. Yeah. I can. But another thing that you're that 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 people are having problems with the idea of this. Is that uh, is this Microsoft essentially saying, yeah, we know nobody fucking uses our platform. Please give us Android and iOS apps. Um, and is that what they're doing? Is is it, it like basically what I've read devs quoted quoted as saying is, why should I bother with this and and trying to get to all these new markets? Whenever all of these people that use like PCs and whatnot already use Android and iOS devices anyway, what new people am I really exposing this to? Um, and why am I wasting my time on that? Whenever <laughs> you know it, it's it, they're already on Android, and would this actually cause more or less people that are already developing for Windows platforms to go? Oh, may, basically Microsoft doesn't even give a shit about their own platform. They're just taking apps from other platforms now. Why am I even trying to work with the with this platform whenever they just want Android and iOS themselves? Could I uh, could I jump in here for a second? And go ahead, go ahead. Why I think this is actually secretly ingenious. And no, Connor, you cannot jump in development. You cannot jump in on a podcast that you're invited to. You didn't even invite me until like last minute. Christ. Anyways. Um, so that's because there was a pretty girl that was willing to do it, and then she backed out because she she met us. <laughs> oh, it's you guys. No, I'm I'm busy now. Um, anyways, in software design, uh, sorry, in software engineering, we have many design like it's it's kind of like the Ten Commandments, except it's just design strategies that you want to follow. One of these is called the strategy pattern, wherein the idea is if you're going to anticipate your platform your program to be running in different kinds of operation environments then you have a strategy to handle that <clears throat> you have factories that create delegates and the delegates essentially do all the work what i think could be a really good part of this is although apps would be bigger as a result <laughs> excuse me although applications would be bigger as a result they could handle it on any application any big one Developers probably would be doing Windows Phone, Android, and iOS, unfortunately. But also, people are walking around with, you know, getting pretty close to terabytes of space on their phones nowadays anyways, so this is eventually going to be a moot point. The good thing is, you could take your application and say, hey, um, today I'm running this on my iOS. Uh, Launch this program in a way that iOS would have it. 
So it has all the same basic algorithms and all the, you know, all the, uh, the wireframing is all the same, but then they just create a delegate that says, hey, I need to write the screen. Give me the, the iOS writer. Or, hey, I need to contact the server. Give me the, the Android server communication, uh, delegate. And th- not only does this create new opportunities for, say, people who have multiple phones, like I got a buddy who works for a company, uh, he's doing like web design and stuff like that, and they just gave him an iPhone. And he was complaining that all of the stuff on his iPhone never syncs with all the stuff on his personal phone. And with this new strategy pattern enforced, there's potentially a way where you could just say, hey, this is my phone. This is like, think of it as almost like a cookie. But that cookie communicates with all the possible servers, not just the one. And right. I, I agree with you on, on that. I, I think that this is this is more or less like one of the best things that Microsoft could have possibly done. One of the biggest barriers to developing on Windows Phone was the fact that you essentially had to rewrite all of your code for a platform that no one gives a shit about. If you can basically port your code over and rewrite some little things here and there and then have it run on cuz cuz what you were talking about where it can it would, you know, this made up app would be able to run on multiple platforms, well that's already built into the way that Microsoft has you write your apps. Uh, on their platform, like the same, because uh, like they were saying there over and over again, this is the same binary running on <coughs> multiple devices in in different form factors, and the application just knows what you're running it on and changes its design based on that. Yeah, and definitely, what the strategy pattern does. I'm so happy because we, we have a problem in our first world society right now it sounds like it's a bigger issue than it is it's not that big of a deal but anybody can write a phone app there's 10 year olds who go on their dad's laptops and say hey i want to write an app where you press a button and it does a fart and because millions of people like that millions of people download it and suddenly this 12 year old kid has a million dollars wait 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 we should do that <laughs> you could you could uh, okay uh, I'll write it for you. Anyway. Do it and then launch it on the uh, launch it on uh, the Android phone. on the on the Android marketplace. Anyways, Con- Connor's fart app. Anyways, yeah, that's just what I need in my resume. I, I made a button and it farts. No, you won't need a resume. You'll be a millionaire. You'll be like fuck. It. <laughs> Anyways, the problem with this is that kids who don't actually know like strong programming practices are defining what we should do to make apps. They then make tutorials. Other kids follow the, the incorrect programming methods, which is kind of why we're in the situation we're in right now. And then that perf- that goes perfectly into what I just discussed. Microsoft's kind of teaching us how to program better. And you know, it's to be expected. They're a software company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's <laughs> just like, yeah, we agree. Yeah, but yeah it, it's, it, it's good. Like, this is nothing but good. Because, like you were saying, what this will probably more than likely uh, get more devs to do is write interfaces that don't necessarily lean one way or the other, like to one platform or the other. Because I don't know if you've used an application that was very obviously originally written for iPhone and then very cheaply ported over to Android. Yeah, the original Vine? Yes! And also the Taco Bell app. I didn't Um, know Taco Bell had an app. I'm not surprised. Don't get me wrong. Okay, okay. This is this is sidetracking a little bit, but you need to know this. You like Taco Bell. 
the Taco Bell app lets you order your, your meal beforehand. And then when you get there, it launches a notification that says, hey, you're here. Tap here to make us start making your food. So then whenever you go in there, your food's already being made. You say, hey, I'm ordered. And then they go, okay. And then they just give you your food and you leave or you eat in there. And you can, like, customize your meal. Did you know you can have bacon on, like, anything? Yeah. I Um, didn't know that Taco Bell even had bacon. I used to slap bacon in my seven-layer burritos back in back when I lived in a place that had a Taco Bell. Oh, my God. It was amazing. I'd get nacho bug around him with bacon. But, but yeah. Any, that, but anyway. But and Nathan's the, just like, please stop talking about Taco Bell. <laughs> the, the Taco Bell app, if you launch or if you hit anything that ends up opening some kind of prompt, they're fucking iOS app prompts that have just, like, like the interface looks like iPhone. So it, it, it it's like the devs just went... I don't know how to make fucking interface. Copy the iOS. Take a picture of the iOS thing. Put it on here and draw buttons on top of it. And there you go. Like it, it's very, very shittily made. So I'm What's hoping. Uh, we have a. It's like a, a programming meme for that. That's called programming to a uh, implementation, not an interface. 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 Podcast name. Talking about interfaces. <laughs> Uh, no, when, my when, podcast name is going to be Written Entertainment Podcast Number Two. Oh, because it's poop. You made a poop joke. Okay. No, no, it's just episode number two. Oh, because okay. no, I'm it, lazy. It's oh, saying okay. this is the shitty one. <laughs> no, that's because Connor's here. No, it's, it's just because we keep talking about shit that everyone's just going to go, I don't know what they're talking about, but I'm fucking bored. And then they leave. I mean, I don't uh, think this stuff's too hard to understand. No, it's, I mean, I don't do coding or anything. I do, I mean, I know HTML and a little bit of PHP. HTML ain't nothing. So it's, I mean, I don't know coding. Like, I've done, and then I've done some visual basic. Whoop-de-fucking-do. I'm sorry. I I used the Google Docs plug-in platform to pull some data from uh, Google (laughs) Maps API in a spreadsheet once. I've been writing artificial intelligences for seven years. I fucked up my server, and so I'm going to have to make Aroa fix it. Yeah, I, I, I do some Linux stuff. That makes me pro-hacker, right? Yeah. But, but like, this stuff's easy to understand. Like, okay, they're going to be able to take applications from the iPhone and port it over to Windows pretty easily. Great. I well, got it. Let's, let's so see. Who listens to a podcast like this for actual information anyway? It's true. I used to listen to Turduck and his Tasty over on Lord Cat's website. I don't fucking care about football. I just like hearing people bullshit. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I, I used to listen to D and D podcasts before we even played D and D. It was just sometimes mm-hmm. it's nice to have background noise when you're a lonely little fourteen year old. We're here for you, man. We're here for mm-hmm. you, Johnny in Canada. You're one. Hey, hey, my friend Bernice actually listened all the way through our last podcast. Yeah, that's more than I did. Christ, I know. I was like, she's more like, she I got to too. the end. Yeah, she got to the end of the podcast and was like, wow, you've really gone downhill. And I'm like, well, we didn't expect anyone to listen this long. So thank you, actually. Thank you, And I've had two downloads from the last podcast uh, to Sweden. What? Well, yeah, yeah, that one chick probably just, like, told one of her friends to download this shitty podcast. Yeah, just just listen to how sad they sound. Just, just do them a favor. It'll, it'll make yeah. a day. Exactly. Uh, anything else happen at the the 
the keynote, the, uh, the build? There's there's a couple of interesting things. Um, the better thing is that Office is adding plugin support. Finally. Their plugins will work <laughs> across all platforms that Office runs on because Office is going to be a universal app. That's pretty fucking cool, uh, honestly. Important. Yeah. Like, it's it's pretty big. Like, I hate using Office because uh, recently I've accepted uh, Stallman as my lord and savior, so I'm all for, for free and open source shit. Yeah, open but, Office is dope. So dope. Yeah. But, um, I'm I'm on the LibreOffice side because I just don't like uh, I don't like what they did to all the community devs. Yeah. But, but anyway, like the fact that Microsoft is Office. saying, "Hey, we're gonna let you guys have some support." Uh, that's probably what's gonna bring me back to Microsoft Office because it's it's awesome. It's just it's gone downhill, and they need to fix that. Yeah, I use Office 365 at work. So um, do I. Office 13 is awful. It is so bad. It it is. It really is. Uh, Outlook, it took me and another guy a good ten minutes to figure out how to change his signature. I don't even... You have to go to create a message first. You can also go to options, and then it's it's in, like, another section inside of options that has nothing to do with the word signature. Um, Yeah, usually I just... if, If somebody at my company has to do that, I just go and start a new message... Press change signature and then add a new signature. See, this is why this is why Apple did do one good thing with the with OS X, and that's that you can just type queries into the help menu, and then it shows you where to find the thingy. Oh, we need to change this. We're giving Apple compliments now. <laughs> Can't have that. I got a bad taste to say in my mouth. Connor there? Um, it wasn't anything too important. Just the um, Microsoft has gone downhill, but. They haven't done it dramatically, because you could still, uh, for example, at work, I'm still using the equivalent of Outlook 07, or whatever the, I'm pretty sure it's 07, while the rest of my entire company uses 13, just because the interface is shit, and it takes them 10 minutes just to sign in, get a message sent out, uh, update their the calendar interface that they have on there, and to get started on a job. <clears throat> And it takes in the time it takes them to do that. I could go on my phone, remote desktop into my computer, open up a O seven, or just use the goddamn uh, if you type it in via. Um, I don't want to give I, I don't want to give away my physical MAC address or anything to this shit. <laughs> but if you type it in like in the URL and you go up bypass firewalls and shit like that, and the time it takes me to do that from anywhere in the building, I've already gotten more than it takes anybody else the time it takes them to sit down and get their shit done. Just because at a certain point it's like, oh yeah, it's flashy and we bought a million seats for it and use it. Use it because we sent money on it. That's a that's a shitty reason to blow productivity. Yeah. I, I like sitting down and playing video games and doing jack shit at work. In order to do that, I need to have a really productive first two hours. Well, that's, that's my entire company in a nutshell is make everything flashy. Who cares about productivity? So... Uh, um, <laughs> uh. See, my work is, uh, I work for a manufacturing company, uh, and Office 365 is just, it's easier for our users because they don't really know anything, and they're not, I'm going to be like, oh yeah, go to LibreOffice, and they'll be like, what's that? Well, yeah, um, I'm not <laughs> saying that everybody should just use LibreOffice in a, in a, in a production environment or anything. I'm, I'm, 
I'm just saying that that office has gone to a shit because it's been trying to be prettier to catch up with OSX being pretty and their whole fucking Windows 8 design whenever no corporation is even using Windows 8. They're lucky if they're using 7. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Office Office getting plugins, really cool stuff. Yep. Um, don't know what they'll end up doing with that, but... Uh, Honestly, I'm the ho- fact that they're adding support to it probably means, hopefully, that anybody can do it. Um, .NET's easy enough to write for. Yeah, it's it's promising. I could very I could see I could see like uh, individual companies writing their own plugins that integrate with other systems that they that other like either proprietary or just you know somewhere in house systems that yeah you hit the make everything flow like I'm, uh, I'm under NDA, uh, NDA so I can't talk about it but that's probably what my job is going to be over the summer or whatever they <laughs> getting the I am going to be I'm going to do that but I can't technically say it. Yeah, I, I, I can't say anything about it but I, It's okay Connor, no one's going to listen. I, I have this weird feeling that's going to be my summer. I think you're I think you're drawing you're making half the people listening to the podcast leave. So we literally only have one more person listening. Hi mom. <laughs> Your mom wouldn't listen to us. Don't, um, I mean, how many, seriously, how many listeners do you think you got? Um, let me see. I don't, I've had a, I had a few views. I had like thirty listens. Yeah, there you go. And I'm sure if we're talking about something interesting, somebody will share it and be like, "Hey, Chuck, weird guy at work who always, you know, has one hand in his pocket and always looks like he just ate a chocolate bar." You go go listen to this. It sounds cool. And then suddenly Chuck's like the hippinest, hoppinest dude in the building, and bam, we just made a friend. You're welcome, Chuck. Hey, I made a friend on Twitter because I mentioned Silent Hills. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. And I'm like, who is I, I, I was like, who's excited for Silent Hills? And this random girl from Sweden was like, I am. I'm like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Not even following me. Yeah, I don't know how that happens. Uh, oh, it's weird. Here, here's a here's a thing that no one in America gives a shit about, um, and we can just kind of skim over it because it's there. Uh, Windows Store is going to support carrier billing. Yeah. Who the hell in America uses carrier billing? I don't fucking know, but it's going to be there. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carrier billing. So, like, it'll bill to... To your uh, phone bill. Yeah, yeah, to, like, AT&T or, or Verizon, whoever you're... It's mainly, it's mainly for whenever, like, you want to buy a thousand diamonds in Candy Catch uh, ba- Babies and, like... Your mom won't give you her credit card, so you just say, bill it to the Sprint bill, so then your mom can hit you at the end of the month. Instead of having um, to type in a credit card, you just say, hey, we have Verizon Internet. Go put it on the Verizon bill. Yeah. Uh, now, something good that is another indication that Microsoft is finally getting their head out of their ass um, Microsoft uh, Project Spartan, their browser. Has a name. It's it a is, new name. It's Microsoft Edge, and uh, it's, no one's gonna fucking use it. No one's gonna fucking use it because Internet Explorer has been such a shit forever. Yeah. But it's honestly like a really good browser now. It is okay. So let me let me go into this a little bit. So Microsoft Edge, they are using basically the same design. As Internet Explorer, just like an updated E, blue E. And there's it's a reason for now. that. 
Yeah, no, no, it's still the it's the same lowercase e, and there's a reason for that. The reason is, is because there are a lot of people out there who still use Internet Explorer that don't know better. Mm-hmm. They don't know anything else, and if they get a new operating system and they don't see that e, they're gonna they be won't really know, fucking confused. Yeah, they won't know what the fuck is going on. So they had to keep that. They had to keep a name that started with e. And I think Edge was the best thing that they could come up with. Not like Microsoft Exterminate or Explode. Mike, Microsoft <laughs> yeah. Evisceration. Yeah, like they had to stick with an E name. They couldn't. Well, it's update the same. It. You know, it's the same kind of thing that why they uh, had to skip over Windows Nine. Yeah. Oh my God! I because love of all the all the music. apps that were checking the Windows name. And it's like, does it start with a nine? Uh, oh, it's too old. <laughs> right. Um, I, don't, I don't know if that's actually true, but I wouldn't doubt I, it's, it. It's it's not true, but I love <laughs> seeing that. Like, there was a while at my company where we would put that like in our messages, like, uh, "Oh, I updated um I updated one of our server communication protocols," and it's just a comment. Like that that's <laughs> in our that's on our legacy now. Twenty um, years from now, we're gonna have some new scrubs looking at it and being like, "What's Windows Nine?" <laughs> Yeah, back well, remember Windows Nine, that antiquated piece of shit. But they do, um, they did do a lot of good stuff with Microsoft Edge. Uh, they pretty much took all the features that Safari and Chrome have and just shoved them into Internet Explorer, which good on them. And oh, they you also, mean leaks? Uh, probably. Um, but they also like I don't know if they do separate processes for every tab like Chrome does, though. They should. If you're not using a multi-threaded browser, you are going to experience some system issues. Yeah. But in any case, uh, the big thing that they did, and this is something that I wish, like, processor manufacturers could get away with, uh, they took out, like, all the compatibility shit with Internet Explorer. Um, Which is good. Yeah, it, 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 the browser is actually faster than every other browser now, um, including Chrome, on every benchmark that they've tested it in. So, so here, so for most, so for some people who might not be understanding why that's a good thing, it's because in order to have legacy support for, let's say, uh, IE6, which a lot of people still use because they're retarded. Uh, so IE6. Having all that legacy support bloats the the browser and makes it take up more resources that it shouldn't need to take up. But they had to keep it into Internet Explorer because a lot of business websites and stuff like that, uh, they they don't update their system to incorporate new web, web browsers. So in order to go to those... Yeah, so uh-huh. in order to go there, you had to use Internet Explorer with compatibility on, because otherwise you'd be boned and you wouldn't be able to do anything. So it's it's good that they're getting rid of it. Also, it takes away uh, a lot of having that compatibility adds in new security breaches that people can look up, or old security breaches that people can look up. Of course, you know, it's not like Microsoft has got a really good track record with not having a bunch of security holes in everything they make, but... Well, yeah. everything every everything you create is going to have security holes. It, yeah, the fact Apple that I can has... use Cheat Engine to break uh, a software that I use every day at work usually is a bad sign. And that's just something that that's 
that's company only. That's internal software, so I mean, we can get away with it. But I'm willing to bet if I attach like a memory editor to programs I use every day and don't even think about it, like I don't know Skype or something like that, I could probably get away with some pretty nefarious stuff. Oh yeah, but but here's the thing. Um, the, I think for any security breach that's found, Microsoft tries to have like a 90-day turnaround to fix those holes. Except for whenever Google tells them about uh, a uh, fucking ah. What the hell does Microsoft call these things per- permission, but not yeah. that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what you know what I'm saying. Es- you can privilege escalation mm-hmm. uh, thing. Where you oh, you're, you're talking about like between users. Basically, where you can promote a regular user to be an administrator on a temporary basis using some kind of some it's, kind of hole. It's like pseudo. Yeah. Uh, basically, it, 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 there are a lot of those privilege escalation bugs, um, and you know whenever Google tells Microsoft about one of them, there was a big hoo ha about it, um, and then Microsoft was like, "Yeah, there's a lot of those." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, but, but I know that Apple, I believe, has a 120 day turnaround for their uh, security breaches, so. I mean, that's really weird, considering it's Apple and nobody should be using it. That's true. Especially if you're a gamer. You really shouldn't be using Apple if you're a gamer. Especially if you have, if you like being productive, you shouldn't be using it. Hey, hey, they are really good at making... Uh, yeah, and I'm sure if I want to use the nine compatible apps for that operating system, I'll be glad to pick it up. Or get the open source version. Right, exactly. Listen to my but, angst. Okay, so let's let's move on. Um, basically, we covered all the build stuff that matters. There's yeah. one more thing. Oh, we have one more thing. Apparently, that I'm, is I'm that a lying bastard. The Windows the Windows Store is going to support .NET and Win32 apps. Yeah, so Ooh. so like you said, it's all the stuff that matters. Yeah. Well, no, I I think that this is important because <clears throat> they're going to not they're they're not just basically distributing a binary via some kind of store. Like, it's not going to be exactly like the the Apple App Store, except it sort of is. This scares me, in a way, though. Because, basically, it's Microsoft trying to make themselves an authority on app distribution. And chances are there's going to become a point where organizations that, you know, people like us work at are going to be like, well, we won't allow you to install any applications that don't come from this central authority because obviously it's been screened in some way. Um, I, I, okay, I could see that happening. Or, but I don't think it hap- I don't see it happening with a company that we work at. Let a row finish. Okay. Well, or another thing, and this has happened already on OSX, is that a lot of free applications are going to go to this platform and then they're going to start charging money for for their software just because uh, of it being that kind of distribution platform. Uh, Mm. Not to mention you're going to have a lot of users that are stupid that are going to go, oh, it's like an app store on my phone. So obviously this is going to be safe, right? Like all the apps on my phone are fine, especially iPhone users. And they're going to download shit like this and trust that it's going to be sandboxed 
which it, they're they're supposed to be. But you know that they're fucking. It, it's it, it's being run by Microsoft. People are going to attack the shit out of this so-called app sandbox. There's going to be malicious applications on on this platform, and it's going to make people who previously weren't all weren't necessarily as prone to getting you know some kind of virus or something even more prone to it because they're just going to blindly trust everything that they get on here, even more so than they do on the, on like the internet. And who, who knows whether or not antivirus applications are going to be able to, to, to get, take care of this, at least on the initial, you know, rollout of it. I I just see this being a big problem in, in, in the future more than anything, (laughs) not only for developers who are going to be like, developers who don't want to support the platform, people are going to get mad about that. There are going to be developers that only support that. People are going to get mad about that. It's just, I don't think, I don't think it's good for much of anybody other than maybe Microsoft. Let me, um, let me just throw in here. I agree with everything you said, especially the part where companies are going to be like, if it's not from the store, we're not going to trust it. It could be risky. (laughs) However, if they want to be taken seriously as, a modern competitor, a modern operating system, a modern app distribution service, they're going to need to have an option like Android has where you can trust, uh, you can download, uh, I, I don't remember exactly what it is on Android, but I know I've done it before. APK. You can download, yeah, you can download an untrusted application or something like that. Yeah, unknown application. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you, it's something that you could turn on and off, so if that's a problem, you have it on. And they They are going to, they are going to have that. Yeah, if you're if you're working for a company, it's probably better to have that. So, Carol in accounting is like, "Hey, I downloaded this purple gorilla, and it helps me be productive," because <laughs> because that happened, and it would totally happen again. Yeah. Uh, however, for casual everyday people, are going to make applications that they don't want to put on, especially the Microsoft Store, for several for a whole bunch of reasons, and they're going to say, I'm- "Hey, you, we, I wrote it. If you want to use it, you can use it." Just download it through this way. I, and if I just Microsoft got an idea. Support that, then they're they're dumb. They're sabotaging themselves. I just got an idea for another app you need to develop. Is it a purple gonna, gorilla? No, it's going to be a paperclip that comes up onto your desktop and helps people. We'll name it uh, Clippy. Um, I will uh, also say that I think a lot of the reason that Microsoft is doing this at all is because they're they are the only major operating system that doesn't have some kind of package manager. It's true. And it's, I, I think I think that's one of the major reasons that they're doing it on the desktop is because even even Linux has a package manager. Well Linux Linux has if you're running yeah, you know, it depends on what flavor of Linux you're running, but the one that most people are familiar with is is Ubuntu apt. probably. Yeah, yeah, well yeah. Good. Ubuntu's their repositories are a little different, and they do a lot of weird shit, particularly with how like demons run. It, but it's, it's user friendly. I, I got yeah. my mom to use Ubuntu. If my mother can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, it, Ubuntu's fine. I'm just saying that that Windows is the only is the only platform where if you want to get something and run it, you have to download it pretty much. You have to get it out of a browser or like off of a disk or something. <laughs> And it's inconvenient for for monkeys that you know are just trying to get an application and use it. The stuff like the App Store and you know the, the App Store is on your phones. 
it, it has simplified the application discovery process and simplified the way a lot of people use their devices. So I think that Microsoft felt compelled to even have the Windows Store simply because people went, I want a more convenient way to download and update my software. Right. And that's that's okay. Um, I'm really hoping that they make good on what they said they were going to do, which was work with this already existing uh, Windows uh, CLI uh, package manager and actually make a lot of... Uh, stuff in Windows be able to work like Windows would natively support this package manager once uh, once it totally got approved where you just be able to type in something on I don't remember what the actual like command is but you'd be able to type in like winget this application install and then everything would just be managed by that uh, honestly I'm, I'm, I go ahead well, I, I'm hoping that they do stuff like that and I understand the want for convenience like that, it's just that the Windows platform in particular is so vulnerable that if they get this whole sandboxing thing wrong, then it's going to fuck over a lot of innocent people just because they're stupid and yeah, they I, can't help. I like and that, the, means, that means that I will always have a job. Yes. It's true. <laughs> We're doing it to keep Nathan in work. Exactly. I, I like that they're doing it because having more is never bad. If it doesn't work, you just won't use it. Right. Um, I just feel like it's a lot easier to go, hey, get poll origin develop, or whatever the equivalent distro is for you. Yeah. Like we're we're reinventing the wheel when we don't need to. Just yeah. because, and I I understand why. Not everybody likes using Git or not SVNs are very confusing to some people. And having a native sandbox that's built into the OS, hey, I just want to do a command and not have extra software. Hell, I didn't buy a game. I didn't buy Battlefront 2 today because I was, uh, like, everyone I know was playing because I didn't want to have a third party, uh, server application on my computer. Just, it seemed like a lot of a hassle. So, in that same respect, I guess I could see people being like, oh, well, I don't want to have, to have Git handling my, uh, uh my local variables. And th that's probably the part where I'd start losing the average viewer, so I'm going to shut <laughs> up. <laughs> yes. Stuff so I do every day. So last thing that we're going to talk about, uh, we'll put this towards the end of the podcast. Other podcasts I've been on, we they did that at the beginning. Uh, what have you guys been playing? Uh, we'll start with uh, Connor. Uh, what have you been playing lately? Um, I actually got a bit of a list for this, so bear with me. Uh, <laughs> kind of impulse bought GTA 5 just because Herp Derp Retarded PC Master Race got to support it. And I beat it in about a week and I was kind of like, oh. I don't know what to do anymore. Oh, yeah, I remember you tweeted about that. Uh, yeah, I had a little bit of buyer's remorse. I, I mean, I'm kind of just going around doing the end-of-the-game stuff, but, I mean, oh, look, it's a, it's, a, it's a UFO. That's okay. Oh, I found another peyote. Look at me, I'm a dog. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it's funny. It's really entertaining, but that's kind of the thing I'd be checking out, like, on a YouTube video, not right. during the precious hours I have away from both class and work. Right. Um, been playing a lot of Payday 2, but I haven't ever stopped. They just yeah, and you out. never <clears throat> play with me. <clears throat> we'll, we'll play sometime. Uh, they released some new DLC, uh, and it's got a Wild West theme to it, which pleases the inner Texan in me. Uh, but we're, I'm kind of at this point ready for a new heist. Which... It pleases Inray. Yeah. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm waiting for something new to challenge me, and then I'll play the fuck out of that for... Well, the, the casino... 
I'm going to play so much Golden Grin. Um, I followed Lion Game Lion and its developers just so I can get more insight on that. I'm going to end before you actually drive the getaway vehicle in this one. I have this weird hunch, and I'm hoping it's good. That would be so damn fun. Yeah, I the driving implementation in the in the car heist is is kind of weird, but it, it's really satisfying. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, other than that, Killing Floor Two came out uh, for like it, it's not really out, but it's in beta, but it's kind of out. It's weird, but it's also very fun. It's a great upgrade, and I don't see anything where I'm like, well, I liked it better in the first game. And every time I do have a thought like that, I'm like, well, they can still make it because it's in beta. I've actually uh, I've been I've been watching a guy play it, and I didn't like the first one very much, but watching somebody else play it uh, really makes me want to get back into it. So, were you watching me play it? No, no, nah, someone way cooler. I was I was actually I was watching. Uh, uh, I can't remember if he's Sergeant McBadass or uh, General McBadass. General on McBadass. YouTube. Yeah. Um, he's a big payday guy, that's why I know him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Anyway, fuck you guys. Aro, what have you been playing? I'm not uh, done. God, God damn it, I'm trying to get to people who matter. <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm just oh, okay. Aro, um, what have you been playing? Well, uh, I've been working full-time lately, so I don't have a lot of time to play much other than a shitty phone game that I'm not even going to talk about. Do it, do it. I know you're ashamed of it. So well, you it's... I've been playing Tap Titans uh, pretty much every single day for the past uh, three or four weeks. Uh, I don't know why. I-, I don't know why I'm still playing it. There's no gameplay. You tap the screen and you, you hit um, a guy. It's Cookie Clicker. It's just <laughs> Cookie Clicker. <laughs> do you have any uh, handouts? I do. Um, I have a 3DS. I just can't play it at work. So. Oh, because uh, I um. I mean, I know your situation is probably not close somewhere to mine. I gotta take the red line into the loop every day. So I, I've i been playing through... Uh, I just beat Dissidia, like got everyone to level 100 and decided, well, I'm done with this shit. Oh, uh, so I started playing I started playing Final Fantasy 7 again. I mean, it's, uh, it's, I'm surprised how many... Time? If it's probably more than that, if we're being honest. But it, I'm surprised how many people on the L, the most antisocial, don't look at anybody weird place that you can imagine, will come up and be like, Oh shit, that disc won a Final Fantasy. <laughs> um everyone everyone has played that game. I haven't I've never played a second of Final Fantasy 7. Uh, what everyone? I love is people come up and they'll be like they'll just start sprouting their opinion about it. And I don't know how to give a look that says, "Wow, you're cool. I'm going to enjoy my game regardless of your opinion." <laughs> but I need to learn it because I don't know what to say other than yeah, that's nice. I like it and then look back down. Yeah, riding public transportation is like a once a year t- kind of thing, and that's if I happen to want to go to a baseball game for some horrible reason or something. You're like, I think I like myself this week. I need to go watch baseball. Yeah, okay. Um, but oh. yeah, uh, well, so you can start hating yourself some more. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, well, that, that's why you do baseball. Nobody likes baseball anymore. It's so yeah. 1900s. But I've been I've been tapping my phone quite a lot. But whenever I want to play an actual game, uh, I have I also bought GTA Five. I don't necessarily regret it because I have had it I had it pre-ordered for months before it even was supposed to launch the first time. Um, and then 
I bought Ziggurat because it was a uh, it was a fur it was a daily deal thing, and that's pretty fantastic. But it's impossible to play with a controller. Uh, I tried. Uh, like every other first person shooter on PC, you should really just use a mouse and keyboard. Right. Let um, me um let me stop in there. That's a trend that's changing, and I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah. Far Cry Four. I have a lot more fun in that game playing with a, the Xbox One controller than I do uh, mouse and keyboard. So what I tip, what I tend to do is if I'm playing multiplayer, like Killing Floor, or like a, a a game like Call of Duty or something, I'll use a mouse and keyboard. But if I'm just sitting back going through single player, controller all the way. Well, I'll tell you what the slight difference. There's a slight difference there, and it's that. Far Cry 4 was probably made with a controller. Well, it was. It was made with a controller in mind in the first place. Yeah, there's no probably there. It, it has very likely some bits and pieces in there that are making it easier for you to use a controller with it. Ziggurat, on the other hand, seems to be the exact opposite, where it was designed with, for you to play with a mouse and keyboard. It's it's uh, one of those roguelite games. Um, I, I'm assuming you don't know what it is. Um, it's a roguelite. It, well, no, I'm saying Ziggurat, the game itself. Um, it's a roguelite game where it's kind of like Binding of Isaac in the way it's designed, but it's a first-person arena shooter in the way that the gameplay works. So, like, imagine trying to play Unreal Tournament with a controller on PC, Oof. and it ooh. sounds awful. Yeah, yeah. There, there is aim assist, but it's it's not anywhere near as lenient as, say, Call of Duty's aim assist is. I also don't like when a game tries to play itself. That's my one... That's the reason I hate <laughs> Dragon Age, for example. And aim assist is just saying, hey, you gave it your best shot, I'm going to step in and do the hard work for you now. Right, which is why Ziggurat is not something I'd recommend if you typically play controller shooters, because you're not going to do good. Have you been playing anything else? Um, well... He's been playing with his. I am, uh... I, 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 we've been on a Divinity campaign, me and Fredo and John, for months now because that game is like a two hundred fucking hour RPG. Yep. Um, so that's that's still a thing. And then also, uh, created my D and D character for the first ever D and D campaign I'm ever gonna play in. I'm actually, um, I got a group of five, three of them. I'm getting them through their very first D and D session, and all three of them are girls. Oh. Nice. Not that it matters, they're kind of... Well, uh, one we, of them... One of them's, No, they're actually all pretty attractive, but they're... Um, one of them's lesbians. absolutely obnoxious. No, actually. <laughs> uh, one of them's absolutely obnoxious. And, like... Like, fine on her own, and then another person comes by, and she needs to be the center of attention. And I wasn't anticipating that to be as big of an issue as it was for a game about teamwork and having fun. Right. See, I so I are, are you done, Aroa? Um, I, I keep on cutting you off. I'm sorry. <laughs> the only other thing I think, uh, other than the D and D session, will be streamed. FYI, uh, so I'll finally be streaming again. Oh, uh, yep. Uh, Hatred has a release date now. Um, I think it's like June first. My favorite game. That's uh, that's going to be streamed the day it comes out, and I'm excited as all get out for it. And it looks like a terrible game. It looks mediocre as all fuck. So uh, 
I am I'm okay with that because it looked like that from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I am just the Edge Lord Master of Edge Lord Land. Yeah, you're so edgy. Also, Just Cause Three gameplay trailer makes me really excited too. I haven't watched it. Um, you should I'm watch sure, it. I'm sure it's good. They basically just took like all the mods and shit that people put into Just Cause Two and made that part of the actual game, except ah. for the multiplayer, obviously. So like yeah. you, you can hook a car and another car and another car together and then attach that to a plane and then fly that into into a pole and it it all works. That so sounds retarded. It, the weirdest feeling this is be, a physics game. <laughs> it's um it's like Grand Theft Auto except you have a grappling hook. I mean it sounds yeah. like just cause. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I've been playing uh I started playing again Nino Kuni which is a PlayStation 3 RPG, which is pretty good. It looked like shit when I watched it. it but the, the issue with Nino Cuny is if you've ever played an RPG before, you're going to be like, oh, this is like the tutorial the whole way through. Yeah, it's It like, is very yeah. much baby's first RPG. It is. It is. I like it, though. It's fun. Uh, Killing Floor 2, I've been playing that, uh, which is fun. I haven't been playing with Aroa because he needs to get the game. Yeah, we should all he can play, play with us. And then I've been playing uh, H1Z1 a little bit with Alary. And what else have I been playing? Oh, I played some Elite Dangerous. Yeah, you, been, I have, you, mean you got back into that pretty recently. Yeah, because I have ADD. Um, so Elite what? Dangerous, it's a game that I like, but it's so hard for me to get into it. Like, I like the concept... I like the gameplay, but making money is so hard for me. Well, just wait until Power like, Play comes out. That's that's going to completely change the way the game works. Yeah, I, I understand, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but I, I'm I'm going to try to get I'm trying to get enough money so I can buy a new ship, and then go from there, and then find Connor. You're not still in the Sidewinder, are you? I am. Oh. Yeah, I I seriously have I tried mining. Don't fucking do mining. Uh yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, power play is going to change that thankfully. Hopefully. Fucking like no, you go is. out you go out and you're like, "All right, I got 30% and then you you go get another mineral and you're like, "I have 33%." And you finally get all the stuff for make one mineral after like 2 hours of going and mining rocks. And you're like, "Yeah." And then they're like, "Here's 700 gil. Have fun." And then somebody interdicts you on the on the way yeah. back home and <laughs> steals your cargo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah it, power, power play. Like I'm assuming you've been reading the emails, right? A little bit. Um, they're, they're going to add mining drones. So you just go up to a mining point and you deploy the drones, and then they go and mine everything, and then bring it back into your ship. And they're also completely rebalancing like how much money you get from that. And, like, the, they're going to be fucking, like, powers that give you missions, and then you'll be able to, like, join these different factions underneath of the powers that, like, they constantly give you new things to do, and that changes the balance of power within the different systems, and there will be, like, faction wars that happen and shit. Like, power play is going to totally change the way everything works with, with how the game 
itself works and also just money. Yeah. So I'm trying to build up to get a new ship. <laughs> Let me tell you, as someone who's only played that game, uh, A, with the Aculus Drift, and B, with the intention of I'm going to sit back and pretend that I'm doing some work and not give a fuck, I have no correlation with the problems you guys have. That game is just so fucking fun to sit back and be like, uh, Oh, no, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with yeah. you on that. I like to... I've actually switched to playing with my uh, Xbox controller because I don't do combat, and combat's the only... Like, combat with that fucking... With the with the big joystick thing is so nice, but if I just feel like blowing some time away, just fucking cruising and doing some just just like carrier missions is is so nice. It's it so is. Easy. It is. It is. But I, uh, you know, I, I like the combat. That's fun. I like going out and finding ships and being like, yeah, I'm gonna murder you and steal your shit. This just in. Reeton likes to go out, murder, steal. <laughs> that's not that's lock not up your wives and daughters <laughs> what you pretty no. much butcher Pete no maybe a little bit I do have a canyon that would make an excellent place to hide bodies is that why you keep on trying to get me over yep I thought you were talking about something else when you're like hey check out my gaping canyon <laughs> yeah yeah nope nope seriously there's a canyon that we're it's like there's our backyard and then it drops down into a canyon. Lucky you. I just got, you know, the brown line. Ah. Uh, I see. So, Is that know, what see. you call it whenever you shit your pants? Uh, yes. no, but you can hear the brown line from my bathroom. Oh, okay. So, yeah, those are the games I've been playing. Uh, Aurora has to go to bed. Uh, yeah, kind of. I, I have to be at work at 8. So I like to try to get around seven-ish hours of sleep. So and then uh, Connor is the gay butt. So pretty much. This is the end of our podcast. So uh, bye, everyone.